Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan from Featherstone Nutrition. AKA Feathers. And you're listening to Fuel for the Soul podcast, the podcast where we talk all things nutrition and hydration and how it affects performance. And we answer your questions. And if you don't know how to submit a question, Meg, how do you do it? You can go to the Anchor app and send us an audio file, or you can email us at fuelforthesoulpodcast at gmail.com. Great. So send in your question if you're curious about nutrition, but uh, we're going to jump in. What is today's question, Meg? So before we dive into our listener question, let's talk about our sponsor, Inside Tracker. Thomas, what is Inside Tracker? Funny you should ask. Inside Tracker is an ultra personalized nutrition platform that uses blood work to create one of a kind science backed action plan to help you reach your potential for better performance and a longer, healthier life. Yeah, so they were founded in 2009, and the Boston company first started working with professional athletes who wanted to see what their biomarkers, hormone, and mineral profiles look like during their training and how they could use nutrition and lifestyle to improve. Get this, they measure over 30, 30 biomarkers and recommend food and supplements to optimize things like your energy, cognition, endurance, heart health, and more. And... The really great news for you all is for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our listeners 25% off their entire store. Boom. Just go to insidetracker.com slash fuel. So this week we have a question that was sent to us via email from a man named Chris. And he said... I would like to learn more about proper nutrition for post-run recovery. More specifically, recovery drinks and mixes. Whey powder, BCAAs, etc. Thanks. I don't even know what a BCAA is. Me neither. Sounds like amino acids are in there or something, but I'm sure Feathers knows. You're smarter than you think, Thomas. It is branch chain amino acids, so it's, you know, yeah. You get those off of trees? (laughs) The branches with the chains and the amino acids? Close, yeah. close. It's just the shape of them. They're just shaped a little different than other amino acids, but not on trees. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen any shapes of amino acids. <laughs> well, if you're a nutrition nerd like me, you got to study those in college, which was just exhilarating. Cool. So I guess you know something about this. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the most important thing to realize is from a recovery standpoint, timing is probably the number one thing that we want to think about. And then also what we're eating. So those are kind of the two pieces. You know, if we want to recover quickly, we want to try to eat ASAP after a run versus waiting. There are a couple different quote unquote recovery windows. So if we can eat right away and then eat again within like two hours, that's how we're really going to maximize recovery. Um, but if when does the clock start? Like the second I hit my Garmin, you know, finish workout is that or chorus or polar, whoever you wearing, but, um, even maybe some people have Apple watches. I don't know. But the moment you stop it, are you like, my time is ticking. Oh, right. Oh, eat. No, I mean, technically fuel. <laughs> fuel my recovery. No, technically you're right. Like as soon as you quit working out would kind of start that clock. Right. But I laugh because 
some people are kind of obsessed with this recovery window and I think it can be a little bit more relaxed than it needs to be. So, you know, to Chris's question, he's kind of wondering about, you know, do I need to use some of these drinks mix drink mixes, drink powders? And I think there's so much marketing around those that I think people think like, I have to use one of these or I'm not going to recover well. So what I usually tell people is if you can't get to a meal within an hour, then drink one of those recovery mixes, which are a combination of protein and carbs to start the recovery process. But to really fully recover, we need a full meal that's got carbs and protein and fat and fluids and electrolytes. So it kind of buys us time. It's almost like a band-aid to kind of extend that recovery window if we use some of those, those drinks. So I've got a lot of clients that like drive to go do their long runs. So then they have to drive home. So I'll tell them like, hey, drink one of those on the way home, get home, shower, have your breakfast. So there is certainly a place for those, but you know, I don't think we all necessarily need them. It's just kind of looking at, you know, our schedule and timing and our recovery. So if our recovery sucks. If we're struggling with that, um, maybe we do need to introduce something a little sooner, but if our recovery is good by just eating a meal within an hour, then obviously that's probably the best option. I love the chocolate flavored ones. So I have to use them when I get done with a run and there's sometimes where I have to get the kids to school right away. So I have less than a half an hour to turn around, get out the door and get everybody to school on time. That's when I'll use one of these because it is so easy to just dump the powder in, fill it up, shake it and take it with me out the door. So you're saying I should probably supplement that once I get back from dropping the kids, you know, make sure I'm actually getting a real meal with food. Absolutely. But that's perfect, right? So instead of skipping eating after a run, you're drinking that real quick, getting the kids to school, come home, eat a meal. That's perfect. On the last episode, we were talking about how these um, gels are specifically formulated to help us out on the run, and they are better for our performance than using real food. Talking about these protein shakes that are specifically meant for recovery afterwards, you're saying there isn't any special formula or benefit we will get from taking that versus eating real food? Yes and no, <laughs> because they've done a lot of research on the ratio of protein to carbs to help us recover. So all of those drinks have that. They have that ratio of protein to carb that's going to maximize our recovery. But can we also get those protein and carbs through food? Absolutely. It kind of. So it's a little bit different than the gel conversation. So the gel conversation was like, these are specifically formulated to give you exactly what you need in the moment, help with digestion, energy while you're running. And I guess, you know, the post recovery drinks are formulated to do recovery, but we can also do that through real food. So but you also have to understand when you're running, you're getting like, you can't eat a sandwich, even though a sandwich <laughs> would be great for energy and all that stuff first you'd have to carry the sandwich which would be weird and two eating a sandwich on a marathon course you everybody around you would be like what a weirdo three it's going to cause gi problems so you when you're talking about a gel giving you the right nutrition for the event it's what they're being able to pack into a very small package easy to digest easy to carry so am i right Right. Oh, a hundred percent. And honestly, kind of where my mind went when you were saying that is I do have some people that can't tolerate eating immediately after a run. They're, you know, they're nauseous. They don't feel good. They, so those drinks would actually be perfect kind of to your point there. You know, if we can't seem to get to or tolerate real food, you know, some of those, those recovery drink mixes would be perfect. 
recovery is obviously important after every run, but really you need to focus on like the really tough workouts, the long runs, um, like your hour long, easy day run. Do you necessarily need to take, eat a shake right afterwards? Like how important is it for an easy day, a regular day? Yeah, I agree. I think it's more important on workout and long run days to really nail a couple windows of recovery there. But yeah, after an easy hour run, let's go get some breakfast, you know, within 60 to 90 minutes, um, which gives us a little more leeway. Yeah. Your body kind of gives you cues too. I, I mean, I'm assuming feathers that your body will give you a cue when it needs more food, but you're saying some people get nauseous afterwards. Like, is, is it universal that your body will tell you what you need to eat or no? Honestly, after hard efforts or long efforts, those appetite signals and cues are skewed. So there's some different hormones we produce while we're running that decrease appetite. So a lot of people don't feel hungry after the workouts, they actually need nutrition the most. Now, not everybody's like that, right? Some people are like, what are you talking about? I finished my long run starving and I can't wait to eat, you know? So everybody's a little bit different. Um, but there definitely are some things going on during those harder, longer workouts that do decrease our appetite that we would need to eat around that and not just be intuitive. Okay. And you mentioned that these protein mixes and powders or whatever have a really good ratio of protein to carbs. What is that? It's usually about three to one. So three grams of carbs to one gram of protein. So it is a little bit higher in carb than protein. Um, so like just slugging back a protein shake with no carbs isn't doing all of the recovery, right? It's stimulating our muscles to recover, but we also need to restock those glycogen stores, the carbs in our muscles um, after runs as well. So that's why those recovery shakes will have some carbs in them too, so that we're not only recovering muscles, but we're also restocking the fuel source for our next run. I don't know. I got to say, the more we talk through all of these podcast episodes, the more I feel like fat is useless. Like we're never like, oh, add some more fat in there. It's is that an insane thought? <laughs> oh, you know, actually, this just came up in a conversation I was having last night with some with a group of folks. But um, so I do. I, we, we talk about carbs and protein constantly and we do. We kind of ignore fat. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not important. It's just most people, that's not what we're getting wrong, right? Like most of us need more protein at each meal. Most of us need to scale up carbs, but like fat is just kind of comes along with some of these things. I mean, honestly, fat is super important. So it's anti-inflammatory. So it actually can actually help with recovery if we're eating the right types of fats. And then if we don't eat fat, like our performance will suffer because each little cell in our body is surrounded by fat. Like we wouldn't be healthy if we weren't eating fat. It's just- Myelin sheaths. Look at you. The nerve, the nerve conductors. I know where there's fat. Um, here's the thing. Also, little misnomer, fat, eating fat, doesn't turn into fat in your body. It's not an exact ratio. Like you take in protein, you get muscle. You take in fat, you get fat. You take in carbs, you get crazy. You get crazy? Is that what you said? Yeah, because <laughs> you're bouncing off the wall with all that extra energy. Oh, with the sugar? Like, ah. Yeah. yeah. I get that. I get that. Okay, so fat is important. It's just we tend to get enough of it in our normal diets is what you're saying? Yeah, it tends to come along with other things, right? It comes along with other carbs and, you know, proteins and things that we're eating that a lot of times we don't have to focus on it. Some people do. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like some runners are not eating enough healthy fats and therefore it, you know, decreases hormone production, can cause, you know, us to stop having our period, things like that. But I would say that's a little more rare. 
Nuts are good for uh, having protein and fat N- combined in one great. package. Yeah. Yeah. So you said healthy fats. So talk to us about healthy versus not healthy fats. Nuts. <laughs> nuts are a healthy fat, Thomas. Thank you for bringing those up again. So healthy fats actually decrease inflammation in our body, which again can help with recovery. So we talked, we have talked a lot about omega-3s throughout these episodes. So those are like a healthy fat that's found in salmon and tuna and sardines and chia seeds and flax seeds and walnuts and some soy products like edamame. So any of those types of things are healthy for us. Wait, edamame has fat in it? It does. Mm-hmm. All soy products. That's weird. I would I would have lost a trivia question on that. They're also high in protein and they got some carbs. So again, to our point, they kind of all come together sometimes. And they've debunked. They they used to say that edamame and soy increased estrogen in men, which was a lie spread by dairy farmers, I believe. <laughs> I don't know about that, but you'd probably need like a camelback of um, soy milk and like blocks of tofu all day long for that to actually be true. Let's talk a little bit about post-marathon recovery, because we know a lot of people have just run their A race, their big fall, marathon, half marathon, whatever it was, and now they're coming up on a week where they're not going to be running and they're not going to be putting in a bunch of miles. And how... I think this goes two ways. You either eat a ton because you're like, look, I just finished this, or you're like, I'm not running this week. I'm starving myself so that I don't get fat while I'm waiting for my next run. Well, let's not starve ourselves. Let's put that out there, right? Um, but I think if we have a little bit of time off after a race, we have more time to recover. So that recovery window we were talking about is to recover fast so we can bounce back to the next day's training or the double you know, runs in one day of training. Um, but if we have some time to actually recover, you know, research shows we have multiple windows of recovery. So we're just waiting and kind of delaying recovery a little bit, but maybe that's okay if we've got a down week. Um, so, you know, I always tell people like if there's one time to like relax a little bit on recovery nutrition, it's after your goal race when you don't necessarily have to, you know, focus a ton on making sure you recover quickly. Um, What's a week in the feather home? after uh, a marathon what's your diet look like is it like i'm off the rails for a week or or like what's happening i just get very unintentional like i just eat whatever the heck i want which isn't necessarily a bunch of junk but it's literally probably not super helpful like i remember after two marathons ago so my first marathon back after kids I mean, I was just eating whatever the heck I pleased. And I think like 48 hours had gone by and I'm like, I don't know that I've had a real meal yet. So I like made some salmon and like baked some potatoes. And I was like, all right, two days later, we're finally getting back to like solid nutrition. But, um, you know, I think, and I, I tell my clients this all the time, in order to stay focused, we have to relax sometimes. Like if we, if we are focused, 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 like we're going to burn ourselves out. So I was just talking to somebody about their carb load and I'm like, if we need to pause for a few days before the carb load to get our mind right, to get after those three days of carb load, let's do it. Right. So I think a lot of this is like a mental game. And if we, if we relax things for a little bit, it's easier to get back on track after a race. So I always encourage people to do that. Let's say we are doing another event sooner rather than later you mean like haynes triathlon maybe you signed up for a half iron man maybe you are running two fall marathons 
you know, maybe you just are really into racing and type A and you can't not sign up for something after another because you need that adrenaline rush and you need that meaning in your life that you can't find anywhere else. <laughs> that, that kind Spoken of like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't so let me sit on my couch. I'll feel like I'm nobody. In that scenario, we want to sort of take the principles that we were talking about earlier of the windows and getting our nutrition in in a timely fashion. And then for that week, should we still maybe be a little bit more lenient about nutrition and what we're doing or should we get right back into, you know, carbs, fats, protein amounts are perfect and all that? No, I would try to get right back into it as soon as possible if there's another race on the calendar um, because it will, it will delay your recovery if you take 48 hours off like I was just saying I did before. Um, it will, absolutely. And I think the other thing that we haven't mentioned to keep in mind is hydration. So, um, they published a study recently where they looked at elite runners and they found that they had lost anywhere of 60 to 150 ounces of fluid at the end of their race. I mean, that's Whoa. a ton. That's a huge deficit to try to climb back from. So for every And they're only lose, out there for like two hours. Right? <laughs> two and a half hours, yeah. <laughs> um, so for every pound we lose, we have to drink back 20 ounces to replace that. So that can take some time. So after like a really hard marathon, like it could take us days to truly rehydrate. So that's another thing that we really want to get after if we're bouncing back to training pretty quickly. Yeah. And regardless of our performance in the upcoming marathon, we actually have a marathon coming up here really quick. We're going to rehydrate, but it's probably going to be with alcohol uh, post post marathon because if I remember my last wine glass marathon, we went to a bar and uh, we rehydrated with beers and tequila and vodka. Um, how detrimental are you, how, like how bad is this for you? I mean, honestly, that's significantly going to delay our recovery, right? And that's where we need to think of those priorities. Like if it, there is some phenomenal research, right, that alcohol delays muscle protein synthesis. So if we go hard on alcohol after a big race, it will absolutely delay our muscle recovery. Plus then we're getting more dehydrated. Now, personal decision if we want to choose to delay that recovery, right? But yeah, it will absolutely, you know, slow things down a little bit. Are you familiar with the uh, like banana bags, like the IVs you can get now? The rehydration so bags? Do we know anybody who could bring those to wine glass? <laughs> they well, normally they, they, have they, them now at yeah, races. Yeah, you can have people come to your uh, hotel. Now, the thing with that is, though, we're talking when she just said you're losing 60 ounces during a marathon or something like that, 60 to Didn't 100 ounces. you say 100? Ounces. 60 to 150 ounces was what the study showed. It was crazy. The banana bag probably only has 20 ounces. Yeah. Are they? I mean, a typical bag will be like a liter or two, probably one liter. What okay, what's a liter? 32-ish, 32-ish ounces. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so it'll get you started. Mm -hmm. uh, so a quick question on that. Does it hydrate you faster and better than drinking? Yeah. So because the whole absorption factor, right, when we drink fluids, like I was saying, like if you've lost 16 ounces of fluid, you have to drink about 20 or 22 to replace that 16. Whereas if you're getting it intravenously, it should be like a one-to-one -one equation. Um Plus, but. I don't think we've done the hydration bags a couple times. We've always done it pre-event. Did you find that you had to go to the, like, did you find that you had to pee after? All day. Oh, really? Yeah. All uh, day. I must be dehydrated. I, mean, I was like, well, ah, I feel great. <laughs> the only time I've had IVs is when I was having babies. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was probably a little bit of a different um, scenario here. But 
yeah, I really think it is gating. I've had some clients who have gone to like these like little boutiques and gotten like hydration bags and stuff. Like it's definitely a thing. Well, it's great because they have like B12 in it. You can taste it. It's so weird. They put it in your arm. You, you can. can. It's the You're weirdest thing. Me. No, they put it in your arm and all of a sudden you taste, it's almost like you taste like a vitamin in your mouth. And your whole body is like cold because you can feel this cold liquid going into you. And then, yeah, you can like taste it. It's so weird. That is weird. You got to, we got to do, maybe we do a live feel for the soul where we get hydrated. Afterwards. And we get to talk to her while, while we're While we're drinking wine, we'll get an IV bag. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. How does this cancel each other out here? <laughs> I mean, some people use them just for hangover recovery. So you've got two groups of people using it. And it's interesting because they market to the two different groups. You have people who are using it for performance based so that they can prehydrate for a race or recover from a race. And then you have people that are like, I partied really hard. And it is an instant fix. Like you put this in your thing. I'm telling you right now, if you're in Vegas or something and you have hit it hard and you need to get on your plane and, and function as an adult, uh, an IV bag. Might okay, be so way. we're gonna get IV bags Monday morning <laughs> before we drive home. <laughs> Perfect. You know what's making uh, me laugh is back in my hospital days as a dietitian, we used to hang like quote unquote banana bags to the people who came into the hospital that were alcoholics, so that they didn't have like severe reactions to different things. So it kind of is like trickling into the general public that are boozing. Yeah. So th- this is really mind-boggling to me right here so i love it okay so back to normal people recovery not getting iv bags although that seems to be the norm now um what supplements can or should we be adding in for recovery specifically so i think one of chris's questions was the bcaas we were bantering about them at the beginning but we didn't actually talk about them um so branch chain amino acids is just a type of amino acids and one of them in particular is called leucine and that's what actually triggers our muscles to be able to recover and regenerate and grow bigger and all those types of things so branch chain amino acids have become really popular because it's almost like the stimulus to muscle recovery like we have to hit we have to have a certain amount of leucine one of the branch chain amino acids to really trigger those muscles to regenerate resynthesize recover um so therefore branch chain amino acids have become really important from a recovery standpoint because it's like well let's just drink those and do the work but if you take it a step further they trigger that stimulus but then we need the building blocks to actually repair them right so if you put like whey protein or branch chain amino acids like head to head the whey protein has all the branch chain amino acids plus the things that need to actually build, right? So I honestly don't recommend branch chain amino acid supplements to many people just because let's eat the actual protein and then we're killing two birds with one stone. Instead of just doing half the work, we're doing the full work. Um, That being said, vegan diets, vegetarian diets sometimes are really low in leucine. So sometimes vegan athletes will see that they can recover faster if they add a branch chain amino acid supplement, but for somebody that's eating like a mixed diet and all sorts of different proteins, you know, let's just lean on real protein or like an actual whey protein supplement. Okay, that makes sense. And then I've read that vitamin C is good for recovery. Is that true or is I'm just reading random things on the internet? (laughs) You might be reading random things. No, they've done studies on vitamin C. It's a really potent antioxidant, right? And if 
we're trying to repair muscles, we need antioxidants to help repair some of the damage that has been created in there. So they have done studies where they've looked at, you know, supplements of vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin A, all those antioxidants to see if it helps us recover quicker. And it, it can, but it also has been shown to, um, cause some problems if we take them in high doses, because it actually kind of blunts our training response. So we want to have some of that teardown effect happening in our body for our body to swoop in and repair it on its own. And if we flood it with all these, you know, antioxidants and repair it real quickly, we're actually not getting all of the benefits of the breakdown, repair, breakdown, repair of training. Um, so typically I don't recommend high dose, um, antioxidant supplements. I just tell people to eat, you know, more, colorful fruits and vegetables and all that jazz that that brings up two questions for me okay so one um obviously advil or or something for a drug after you've worked out and you've had a hard workout and your muscles hurt you you know you'll take an advil or something sometimes to just kind of dull that pain i always feel like i don't use advil a lot but when i use it i feel like not only is it kill some of the pain right there it keeps the pain from coming back. Um, and I'm wondering, am I doing any damage to not getting the um, muscles repaired or like if they're not doing their own thing or are they doing it in the background and I just have a disconnect with my brain feeling that achiness? That's a good question. And honestly, I'm not 100% sure because I think like NSAIDs are gonna dull that receptor, right? They're going to dull that feeling for you, but they're also going to decrease inflammation. So is that beneficial or not? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Have to ask a doctor that's a, that's that. a good one. We follow <laughs> up. And the second one is I just by habit and it's once you get me hooked on a supplement, like you've got me for life. Cause then I'm like, I can't stop. <laughs> and I take the hammer nutrition recovery tabs and those have stuff like turmeric and stuff like that. And turmeric seems to be making its way into everything. Like it, it apparently is maybe, you know, the, the best thing in the world. So what is it and why is it being put into everything? So turmeric is a super powerful antioxidant. So it's going to help decrease that inflammation in our body. Um, so yeah, you are seeing that actually a supplement company is going to release that. And they sent me one to try. I have not opened it yet, but yeah, I totally agree with you. I think a lot of people are targeting that. But I mean, they're claiming everything from cures for Alzheimer's with tumor or delaying Alzheimer's with turmeric. I've noticed it's in my recovery stuff. Like it's also in our protandum that we take. Like at some point, am I taking too much turmeric? <laughs> I honestly, that was kind of where I was going next is it, it depends on the dose. So you have to take, you know, when they do, when they research these supplements, it's usually a pretty high dose. So a lot of times like a company will be like, oh, this is trendy and they'll like sprinkle it in and maybe there's not actually enough to see the benefits. So that's one of the things I always look for. Like what is the amount we're supposed to be taking and is there even enough in there, which sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it could be beneficial. I kind of lump it with um, omega-3 supplements right? Like super powerful antioxidant or not antioxidant, anti-inflammatory um, that they're studying for all sorts of things to your point, like brain and muscles and joints. And, you know, so it, we're just are inflamed as runners very often. So like any of these supplements that can help decrease that inflammation um, can certainly be beneficial. I was looking at the- That's recovery. I take the hammer nutrition tissue rejuvenator. I felt like if I took that it would be like when the Terminator gets shot and it regrows its limb. 
I would be able to do that with this. I mean, that sounds very promising, right? Like a skinned right? knee is like instantly healed. Yeah, just boom. I don't know what most of the things listed in the ingredients are. So yeah, it looks like there's MSM and glucosamine sulfate, which, you know, help with joint health, right? Um, and then it looks like there's some anti-inflammatory type things in here. And again, you know, it goes back to, there's research on all these individual things that they might help, but I think a lot of this stuff probably doesn't have enough of it to actually see that benefit, especially when they're putting what, 10 things into it. You know, that pill. So you think I huge. might be wasting my money on this one? I mean, this might, I don't. So with supplements, there's so much placebo effect, right? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah. I don't know, do, do we want to mess with it and take it out? You know, one of the biggest things with supplements I always say is like, make sure that they're, you know, a certified supplement so that you know what you're taking and you're actually getting quality ingredients that. I, I believe in the hammer products are good. Um, so I like that. But if I could eliminate, you know, my handful of, of pills, like I don't take any prescription drugs, but my handful of supplements in the morning could choke a horse. You know, I got everything. Yeah, we in might there. not need them all. We might not. Yeah. When you say, um, you want the supplements to be certified, what does someone need to look like? Is that listed right on the label? What does someone need to look for? There's a couple different certifications. One of them is NSF. So it's like certified for, for sport. So what they do is they look to make sure that what the supplement says is in there is actually in there and that there's nothing else in there. And I think that nothing else, it can be very important in sports supplements. Obviously, if you're competing for prize money or an elite athlete, like you have to take certified supplements. Um, it just, you know, your career's on the line, but for the rest of us, like, it's just more of a safety issue. Um, you know, even some of the best supplement companies, if they're not being tested, have been found to have like contaminants in different pieces of it, which, you know, they, they're an honest company. They didn't realize it, but if it's not tested, you don't know if something like that could be in there. And the more ingredients that are added into a supplement, the more likely it could be that something's going to get in there that shouldn't be in there or that isn't safe. Let's say we are post-marathon and we're 48 hours past. We did a pretty good job and we just want to sort of get back to like a normal base level. And we're used to eating tons of carbs because we just did this crazy high training. Is there like a ratio or a general breakdown that we should switch up with our carbs and protein and fat? Yeah, that's a good point. So you've heard us talk a lot about like we scale carbs up as mileage goes up. So vice versa too. Like as mileage comes down, carbs can come down. That doesn't mean no carbs. I mean, our brain prefers to run off of carbs. So does our entire body. You know, we still need a decent amount of carbs, but I mean- for some of my athletes are getting over 300 grams of carbs a day. Like maybe we only need like 200 now, you know, if we're seriously doing no, no exercise, it's going to depend on the person. And if we're cross training, like if we're not running, but we're swimming and biking, I see that a lot. You keep the carbs higher, you know, like if you're still working out, but if you're truly resting, you know, that's what we can absolutely bring down. And truthfully, if you have carb loaded, well, you are not going to want to eat a ton of carbs after your race. You know what I mean? You're going to be like, do not show me a bagel again. Go with that intuition. Eat more fruits and vegetables and some of the high fiber things that you cut out before your race. Eat more protein. Throw some, you know, salmon and some of those really healthy, um, you know, omega-3 fat fishes and all those types of things in there. Eat some of the things that you weren't able to eat when you were carb loading and kind of lean into that during that recovery week. And I'm going to throw a different advocation in. I'm going to say after your I'm marathon, scared. take a week off, drink as much alcohol as you want, <laughs> eat pizza, 
empty out ice cream cartons, do all this stuff. These ladies are nuts, all right? <laughs> Just have some fun. Take a week off and let yourself run free. Be naked on the couch with a carton of, you know, Ben and Jerry's. Who cares? And then when you get back into training, maybe, you know, maybe go back to being a little more strict with your diet. Thomas has got my uh, new credentials now. I'm going to hand them on over to Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you probably will... If you follow Thomas's general guidance, you probably will be over that in a couple of days, three yeah. to four days. You're going to be ready to get back to. You're not going to feel good. Your yeah. body is a tune machine. If you load it up with pizza, beer, vodka, and ice cream, you're going to like it for the first day or two. And then you're going to be like. Yeah. No, but back to your point, Thomas, I think it's really important that we can relax so we've mentioned this a few times like seriously i mean not saying you have to lay on the couch naked eating ice cream and drinking vodka out of the handle but i mean truthfully like whatever you feel like i didn't get to have when i was really dialed in do it you know i mean seriously that's what helps us refocus if we are laser focused for too long it's going to explode so relax give yourself a break you know both physically mentally all that kind of stuff and you know with nutrition too yeah, plus it de demystifies some of those treats. Like, mm -hmm. you're like yeah, ice cream's fun, but it's not like I don't need to be sitting around yeah. craving it. Right, exactly. All right, cool. I think we answered Chris's question. Thanks, Chris. But this was sponsored by Ben and Jerry's ice cream. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, wasn't. But it was sponsored by Inside Tracker. One way to check to see what nutritional things you are missing from your diet is to go ahead and get that inside tracker test. So you can check that out. We also talked about the um, hydration bags and stuff like that. Megan and I have tried that. I do think they have some benefit. I don't think it's a magic bullet, but you definitely feel a little better. Um, so, you know, let us know if you've tried that and, and, you know, give us a comment or shoot us a message on what you do to uh, recover after a run. We'd love to hear it. All right, we'll see you all in two weeks. <laughs>